0: I think you're above the law, you ain't above the law. Hey, you knew him once as a guy who obeyed the law. No one was above the law in the world of Nico Toscani. Well, then he became the husband of a Mongoloid wife, the Belarusian Buddhist, and personal spiritual advisor and brother to Russian leader Vladimir Putin, who avoids him like the plague. Nico Toscani is now Steven Siegel. And he's teaming up with this guy. I have no choice. You know that. Gene, you're fired. I respect your decision. I don't know why you did this. I had no choice. Thank you. So long. Yeah, you remember this guy. He loved firing fucking people. That was back before he started showing off secrets to Russians. So coming to a theater near you, just in time for the fucking holidays. Steven Siegel and Donald Trump team up in the action packed sequel Above the Law. Running from the Law in Russia. The cops, looks like the whole department's deploying right about now. That's right. These two fat old dipshits are raising hell in Russia. I was really being tough, and so was he. And we would go back and forth. And then we fell in love. Okay? No, really. He wrote me beautiful letters. And they're great letters. <laughs> we fell in love. Steven Siegel and Donald Trump, like you've never seen them before. They fell in love. How oh, horrible. How horrible is that?
1: You know, you guys
0: remind me of some kind of an academy for junior spies. So unprecedented. But I don't think you're making the academy. They're actually sick people. you sitting here looking at the sensitive stuff on the parking lot? I fought it. Who taught you this stuff? Who you work for? No, we work for Marcus. Right, Marcus, well, you know Marcus, something? Marcus, I've heard incredible things about you. Marcus is my bitch. Heard all about which you. Which means, y'all are my junior bitches. Knock the crap out of him, would you? i want to hit you. I don't here, bitches? I'm just gonna bitch slap well, you. Yeah. Yeah. I like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, special appearance for Dennis Rodman. Running through the law. In Russia, I'm gonna do a screen of you. CS-15. That's NC-17, CS you fucking The Stand the Joke Man Show, a property of Joke Man Productions, M.R.C. Yes, I believe in what we have. Broadcasting from the Boys Room Studios. But words are in the Now, time for your host, Stand the Joke Man. Welcome to the Stand the Joke Man Show.
1: You're
0: on a Monday, Monday, Stand the Joke Man hanging out here. The Lord knows I tried to say... Can you
1: believe I learned about this group through a Catholic priest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my old roommate, Mark, He uh, he's the one who introduced me to Sisters of Mercy out in Los Angeles back in the 80s when I was a kid, and um, Mark... Yeah, he ended up uh, leading the Jesuits in uh, Beijing, and I was real proud of him. He went to the seminary, became a fantastic man of the cloak, and um, well, I wrote about him in my book. You want to check it out? Listen, bombing down Poinsettia on um. Okay, that's enough of that crap. Welcome to Monday, folks. Stan the joke man here with you. Glad to be here with you. Hotter and shit out there, huh? Just a freaking steam bath. Well, it should be. It's July. It's not a surprise. I always hear people go, "Gosh, so hot out." Well, what do you think? It's July. In my recorded history, July's have always been hot. So that's what I'm going with. So don't come to me going, hey, did you know July's hot? Well, whoop-dee-fucking-do. Why am I still watching news footage in downtown Tulsa of idiots walking around in hoodies? Are you a fucking moron? (laughs) I acknowledge it's Oklahoma. You never know what the hell you're going to get in weather around here, but still, a fucking hoodie in July. Meteorologists are real. More of a decorative piece. I mean, because no matter how intelligent they are, and trust me, I've got a meteorologist friend, Mike Collier. He's a brilliant guy. KJRH, excellent weatherman, knows his business, but even might get it wrong sometime. You know why? We've got bipolar weather in this fucking state. Yeah, listen, Oklahoma, the only people that say that, too. You've got to live in this state to know Mother Nature is a bipolar bitch here. You don't know what the fuck you're going to get. She ain't taking her pill today. She's going to piss all over you. Guaranteed. Or she's going to sit there mad. Yeah. Cook your ass with heat. Because she's pissed off. You did this. You had to have done something to piss her off. And it's your fault. That's it. Let's just move on and get past it and learn from it. Okay? It's your fault. All right. (laughs) Speaking of heat. My wife and I were driving around over the weekend. What do we do this weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, last weekend, we went wood stove shopping. We're buying a new wood stove for the house. We've got a wood stove. We've had it for some teen years, long time. And um, we got it for $700 a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. And we pretty much worn it out. We don't need really a bigger one. We just need one that, you know, is a little higher grade. I meant to tell you about this last show, and I didn't do it like you give a fuck. But we went wood stove shopping. And the reason why, I know a lot of you out there, you know I have solar. You know I have natural gas. And you know I have electricity. So I know you're probably thinking, what the fuck do you need a wood stove for? Well, if you've never had a wood stove, listen carefully. Since I put that fucker in almost 20 years ago, $1,900 is what it cost me. That included triple wall piping that goes through the ceiling, the stove itself, the cost of getting my um, roof rejoiced, where I wanted to run the flue through, the fireboard, the tiling, everything cost me nineteen hundred dollars. Have that fucker put in. It is work. You got to cut wood, or you got to buy wood. Whatever. It's okay. You don't always have time to go out and fucking cut wood, or even know where to cut it. What's the fucking point in getting a wood stove? You're having to pay for the stove. you having to. We have yet to have one gas bill over sixty bucks, folks. We have yet to have one gas bill over $60. Now, we don't live out in the sticks. We live right here in the center of town. But like I say, we run off everything, everything in this household. I figure that's the smartest avenue. So I'm not reliant on just one energy source. I'm using everything. A little bit of Mother Earth, a little bit of what's provided by, you know, local services, services. And I got the good old son working overtime on this house providing energy. I've got solar panels too, that's right. My last electric bill was twenty-three bucks. Twenty-three dollars. And I didn't pay a single solitary dime to get them solar panels put in. You see where I'm going with this? Wood stoves get paid off. Solar panels get paid off. PSO bills are forever. And as much fucking energy as I've been banking in the grid at this point, I guarantee you PSO owes me money because we produce more than we use. My house is a fucking power station. And that is no bullshit. Because of the solar panels, my home is a legal LLC partnered with Public Service of Oklahoma. Trust me. It's much nicer being a partner instead of a customer. Now, my solar panel payment is 200 okay? It's like 150 to 200 It's in between there. I just round it up to 200 $223 for my electricity, and my power never goes out anymore. Ever. Ever. If you don't have lithium storage batteries on the side of your house that come with the solar panels, there's no fucking point in having the solar panels. There's no point in having the solar panels. The whole idea of having solar panels is that you can store your own kilowatts. You can store your own power. So that way if the power does go out and it's night, whoop de doo You've got 10 hours of power minimum to run your home. And by then the sun's going to be out again. It's going to be producing again. While the house runs off one battery, the other two are charging. Clouds or clear blue skies, they're working. And it pays for itself, folks. It pays for itself. You got to look at the long road. You got to think about where am I going to be when I'm 65, 70? Do I still want to be busting my ass to make fucking PSO bills? Or do I want to make the investment while I'm young enough, I can pay this shit off, and then I'm into fucking pendant? I like independent. I like not having to rely on anybody, especially if they're status people. Status people, the most artificial fucking people in this planet. I'm just babbling here, but it's true. I know what status people are. Do you know what status people are? They have no true vested interest in what they're dumping money into and their lives into. They're just doing it because it's important to them. That anything reflects on them as nothing but good and positive and better than everybody else. That's how they exist. That's how they live their entire lives. And they think it's going to get them somewhere. It gets you nowhere. You're floating. You're not building anything. You're not creating anything. You might. Well, you might be creating some animosity. <laughs> I knew a guy out at my marina. He bought a fucking boat lift. And doesn't even have a fucking boat. Yeah. Rented a slip. Got a boat lift. Doesn't even have a fucking boat. And he only did it so he could walk around town. Town, Everybody, yeah, I'm going out to my slip and take a look at the lift. Yeah, it sure would be nice if you could afford to put a fucking boat in there someday, dipshit. Heard you beefing about your high truck payment. Are you a fucking moron? Who owns a boat lift? And as a tenant at a marina, who pays for all that and doesn't have a fucking boat? You're still fishing off the bank, asshole. I saw you down at the spillway crappie fishing. Yeah, off the fucking rocks. So I'm sure when you're down there bragging about your fucking boat lift and your fucking slip, they're probably going, hey, dipshit, why aren't you out in the fucking boat? I'd love to hear the excuse you give them. You're full of shit. You can't back up a fucking thing because they dream from the top down, which means they don't know how to build a fucking thing. Not the right way. They try to build it from the top down, it falls apart, and then suddenly it's everybody else's fault, and they don't give a fuck who falls beneath them and who gets hurt. Would you believe me if I told you that's exactly what's going on in this country right now amongst my old party, my old, my grand old party, which, of course, has been gone for decades Yeah, the Republican Party is fucking finished because of these clowns. They're the ones in charge of the Republican Party. Image-sensitive status people. Nothing is really important to them. Beyond the bridge of their own fucking nose, nothing is important to them. Flash over fucking substance. I'd like to uh, take a moment here to go ahead and apologize to the uh, fellow that was hanging left outside of Taco Bell, apparently not fast enough for me over the weekend. Yeah, he wasn't moving quick enough for me, so, um... well, unfortunately, the horn on my wife's Jeep is broke, so I rolled down the window and,
0: honk, you fucking fat ass! Yeah,
1: sorry about that. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, it's just, like I say, my wife's horn on the fucking Jeep ain't broken, so you get honk me, and the fucking fat ass, oh, I can't control that, That I don't use the filter there, it's just, it's a byproduct of honk, so you just going to learn to live with that shit, whether you're fat or not, it's none of my business, you're in front of me, so you're a fucking fat ass, alright, don't take it personal, I'm just honking at you, getting your attention, <laughs> get that horn fixed, right, get my
0: ass kicked.
1: It's like uh, Robert De Niro's grandson, Leonardo De Niro. He's dead at the age of 19. Drina, Drano, Drano De Niro, 51-year-old mother of the, of the boy. Here we go again, folks. She's not sharing the cause of death in her emotional statement. Would you like to know why that irritates me? Because she made a statement. Why make a fucking statement at all? If it's not a complete statement, if it's really that traumatic, you can't share the cause of death, I totally respect that. So why tease pricks? Why? Why put it out there? Are you trying to garner attention for somebody? You aren't obligated to say shit. That's what I don't understand. We didn't even know you existed until that young man died because of Bob De Niro. I'm a fucking parasite, I admit it. I want to know what happened. I fucking want to know. Was he hanging out with Dolores or Reardon of the Cranberries too much and fucking Prince? (coughs) Probably snorting crunched up pills off Heath Ledger's ass. Yeah, I bet Jamie Foxx was there. And Bob Saget, too. Bob Saget was probably there. They were all fucking doing pills and hopped up on dope. I'm just pissed off because I'm nosy and I can't get the answers I want. Truth is, I'm a huge Robert De Niro fan. The guy's a fantastic fucking actor, and that's irrelevant. I'm not interested in hearing about your pain. We know you feel pain. I think the dumbest thing a fucking reporter, dumbass reporters, can ask the family of young men like this is, what are you feeling? What do you mean, what am I feeling? Are you trying to get yourself bitch slapped back into the news van? Fuck face. Drop the dumbass questions. What do you want to know? How did we get here? Well, if it was pills, it's a fucking avalanche. It's a rolling titan of a ball that cannot be stopped. There are no fucking experts. I. Right? So it's coin toss, 50%. You're either going to live or die. I lived. Leonardo De Niro didn't. That is if he died from pills with Bob Saget. I'm just looking at the headlines. This is the shit I'm talking about, how negative these fuckers are, and it does have a detrimental effect on you, folks. We're not gonna get heavy into it. We're gonna drop the pill shit, okay? We're gonna talk about just the ridiculousness of the media these days. These this press, as you would call it.
0: Headline number one. Out
1: doomed Titanic submersible passengers spent their final moments. What? They want you to think they know exactly how those submersible folks spent their final moments. I know how they spent their final moments. Liquefied. I don't even need to read the fucking story. By the way, um, Stockton Rush was so full of himself, he let college interns build that submersible. Yeah, he trusted their expertise. College interns. Folks, my very first job as a college intern was the Warrant Concert, Canes Ballroom, 1991. Or it could have been early '92. I really can't remember. But it was the very first concert I was in charge of engineering. That's right. Stand the Joke Man fucked up. Janie Lane's concert. Of course, me and Janie were standing in the center of the floor in the Canes after the show. I was getting ready to give him and the guys a ride to the fucking hotel. He was all pissed off and shitting about the poor engineering. He didn't realize it was me. I was a college intern. It was my first fucking concert job, and they trusted me. Shows you how much they gave a shit for warrant. Anyway, I loaded everybody up into the fucking station shit vehicle and drove them up to the fucking hotel. They trashed it. And the next day, I find myself in the operation manager's office getting my ass chewed out for something I didn't even do. I would have gone up and chaperoned their ass had I known they were going to act like kids. Oh, yeah, by the way, Janie Lane, yeah, died of fucking pills, folks. He died of fucking pills!
0: (laughs) You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. I got crabs. If you want to get a letter
1: to me anytime, anywhere? Joke Man Productions LLC on Facebook. If you know, I'm a Facebook account, tough shit. I look forward to getting your letters here every week. you understand? My husband had an emotional affair with a woman at work. Was there any other kind? What, would you expect an apathetic affair? Hey, when's the last time you had a numb, unaffecting affair? That's right. You ever screwed anybody out of indifference? Sounds to me like you might be the one that's emotional, and rightfully so. Let me I'm sorry. Let me read the letter. My husband lies to me all the time. He nearly went too far with a woman from work. I finally spoke up after I felt it was an emotional affair. His response, well, you and I weren't getting along, so I didn't see anything wrong with it. He doesn't seem to be sorry for anything he does. He says the word sorry a lot but there is no remorse. He also lies to the people he works with. He's obsessed with video games and doesn't act like he respects me. He's in a fucking funk. If he's a grown man and he's still sitting on his ass every fucking weekend, gaming, and that's all he's got in his life, that's because he sees absolutely nothing on the horizon. I don't know where to put the shame or blame for that shit. Who the fuck knows? I would imagine him. But if he's sharing emotionally with somebody at work, that's intimacy, folks. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's as bad or worse than actually having sex with someone. Fucking somebody is easy. But when you start sharing your life and your feelings and your thoughts and your dreams and what you see out there on the horizon with somebody else... Holy shit, the marriage is over. I'm sorry. Marriage is over. Unless you can get him back. Get him to pull his head out of his ass. Thanks for the letter. Dear Stan, my husband insists on displaying racist memorabilia in our home. Hmm. Does he know it's our home? Doesn't he fucking respect you at all? Yeah. Yeah. I am a Hispanic-American woman who has been married to my husband for three years. He was born and raised in North Carolina. Wow. He's a wonderful person. We both share a passion for antiques. We love researching and learning about the past. My husband is white. He grew up time segregation. He feels comfortable sharing and showing stuff from that time. Well, a year ago, we watched the movie Green Book. Okay. African-American travelers, blah, 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 blah. Recently bought a Victorian house built in 1900, and we've been excited about renovating it and keeping it as close as possible to the original style. My husband bought an old wall phone and hung the green book on it. I've expressed to him how uncomfortable this makes me, but he insists on hanging it in the sitting room when one of my you know, friends needs to come over. I, I tried to hide the book, but my husband finds it and hangs it back on the phone. I wasn't born in America, but I am a naturalized citizen and familiar with the sad period of segregation the book represents. What do you think about this? Am I being too sensitive on the issue? Should I just take the book and place it in the trash? Don't fucking ask me. That's your husband. That's your marriage. What I don't understand is if it upsets you why your husband doesn't seem to give a fuck. That's what I'd be worried about. Around here, got something up and Trish hates it and it's enough to drive her nuts, it's fucking gone. I'll put it somewhere she doesn't see it, you know, up my ass if I have to. I'm not saying I'm going to throw it away. I'm not saying I'm going to chunk it, but I won't force it on my wife. You know what I mean? It's just amazing to me. doesn't give a fuck what you think. By the way, I'm not a counselor or a psychiatrist. I don't have any kind of therapeutic degree whatsoever. But I was struck in the head by a falling tree just outside of O'Shallada, Oklahoma. Yeah. Buried me in the bottom of a uh, creek bed. My friends had to keep me from drowning by pulling me out from underneath it. And well, since then, what I have to say is important. Dear Stan. My daughter caught my husband doing drugs, cheating on me while I was at work. Get a new husband. Thanks for the letter. Dear Stan, I have nothing I'm good at, and it's making me miserable. So fucking get good at something. That's it? You can't do it, so you just stop right there at the gate, pussy? Oh, you whiny bitches! Uh, And none of them getting, making me miserable. There lies the fucking problem. You lazy little fuckers don't want to work for anything, nothing. You want everything just instant gratification. You want everything just fucking handed to you. You think you're entitled to the big house and the cars and the nice yard and the women and all right out the gate? No, dipshit. You gotta work for that. It takes time, dickhead. And between now and then, you're going to be nosediving at the Y and some nasty ass, raunchy ass cooch. Get over yourself. You do not deserve to have it all right now because if you had it, you'd fucking waste it. And you know it. You'd throw it away because you're too stupid to be responsible for such a thing. You're not good at something. And you want those things? Well, then you better get busy getting good at something, chicken shit. Because it doesn't come for free. It takes a lot of dedication, heart, and perseverance to find such shit. And you know nothing about it, you spoiled brat. That's why you're sitting there watching these fuckers strip your rights away every fucking day. You're too gutless to even fight for those, coward. You can't even stand up to the guys down at the gas station who tell you it's in your interest to let them pass legislation ripping your rights away. You're a fucking half-ass moron, and I don't feel the least bit sorry for you. Thanks for the letter. You can get a letter to me anytime. Joke Man Productions LLC on Facebook. Dear Santa, come from a very close family, and I am the rock of the family. Are you sure? If someone needs help, I'm the one they come to. Oh, so you're the one with a good job? I see. Just a little FYI, it's not a rock, it's an ATM. Recently, my nephew's been in a downward spiral because of drugs. He's now in jail. He is only 19 and was always an amazing young man, but he started on the wrong road after witnessing his father take his own life a few years ago. Shit, that's rough. When he gets out of jail, he wants to start over, come live with me, go to rehab, and begin a new life. My problem is my fiancé. He doesn't want to help my nephew, especially if if he's going to be on house arrest. I know my nephew's potential, and I can't throw him away and refuse to help. How do I get my fiancé to understand this without jeopardizing our relationship? Don't fucking jeopardize your relationship. Are you crazy? You never burn your own shit down, even for family. Even for family. You never burn your own shit down. It even says that in the Bible, folks. You take care of your own ass first. Then you can help other people the right way, the correct way. If you don't have all the money in the world, I'll guarantee you there's a place he can go. There's a program for him when he gets out of jail where he can get housing. You need to be down there getting that paperwork all lined up for him now. I'm on your fiancé's side on this one. If he doesn't want that guy in the house, absolutely not. And my question to you is this. Your 19-year-old nephew, did you say? I think you're treading dangerous waters, girl. I noticed you didn't mention the mom. You sure there isn't something else going on there? Thanks for the letter. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to wrap it up at the stand. The Joke Man Show is a product of Joke Man Productions, LLC, broadcasting from the Boys Room Studios right here in Henrietta, America. I broadcast every Monday. I broadcast every Wednesday and Friday. Now, this Wednesday, I'm going to be back on High Noon, Wednesday night. You can tune in for Bombing Down Poinsettia, Chapter 9, Cartier Changes Everything, Part 3. I like to say something about the book real quick, okay, folks? I know there's a lot. Of people out there that hear this and they like to cherry pick stories for and I'm not so full of myself and starry eyed that I would think that this would happen but I know it can happen so please allow me to say this if you're a young aspiring screenwriter or writer period you need to know this that fucking story is copyrighted six ways to fucking Sunday you cherry pick it you try to steal from me and I'm going to bury your fucking ass you understand me I won't call a lawyer I won't call police. If you steal from me, I'm coming for you personally. So don't steal from me. I'm glad. I'm so flattered. You folks are hearing the story. It's obvious people are listening to it and loving it. I'm glad. That, I mean, that was what I was hoping. My uncle David. He was a writer in Australia. He strongly encouraged me to put this book out a long time ago, but I was reluctant. You know, it's such an intimate, personal, private part of your life. You don't want to share it with anybody, especially something as embarrassing as the shit I did out there. (laughs) But it is who I am. Don't steal from me, okay? I lose myself when people steal from me, and I go after them. I'll take it. Out of your fucking ass and the good thing is I get to pick and choose when it happens and you got to wait for it so don't steal from me if you know what's good for you okay the book is going to be 8 p.m. Wednesday night but the show itself will be back on Wednesday high noon until then my friends I'll calm the fuck down I swear I'll get a, I'll get a more mellowing type of weed and I'll see you Wednesday high noon <laughs> Until then, me amigos. Bye, Candios.
0: Once upon a time, I was of the mind.